Phantomaniacs, welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I'm your host, Dave, and I just realized I have to put this episode together right now. Uh, I worked an overtime day yesterday, I work tomorrow, I work Thursday, uh, so I'm not going to have time. And we record our big Black Friday special Thursday night. You are not going to want to miss that. Uh, It comes out on, shockingly, Black Friday. So you'll have something to listen to while you drive around town looking for gifts for your loved ones. Or perhaps just sit in front of your computer browsing the internet. We will help you find just the right gift for just the right person. So uh, too much going on in the next few days. And I just realized, like, oh man, I've got to do this now. So I'm doing this now. I have no intro notes, which I usually have a couple of little things scrawled down uh, to talk about. I don't have that right now uh, because I want to get this done and get it uh, posted, or not posted, but loaded up, ready to post on Friday. Uh, So uh, first thing I'm going to talk about, this literally just happened. Uh, The Super 7 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Ultimates uh, Party Wagon was just unveiled. They put up a teaser photo a few days ago, and now they have officially... Well, I actually found out about it because BigBadToyStore.com put their pre-orders up first before I saw anything from Super 7. Uh, So I went into the Needless... I saved all the pictures, went in the Needless Things podcast Facebook group, which you should join, by the way, uh, and shared all the pictures. And... You know, it's funny, I was talking about this with Christian from Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast, which you can find the first Friday of every month wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, When we're off the air, we talk about things other than G.I. Joe. Uh, I was talking to Christian about this thing and kind of speculating on the price, and I thought it was going to be coming at about $350, because it seemed to me that it wouldn't be as complicated as the Thunder Tank. Uh... But now that I'm seeing these pictures, I realize I was wrong about that. It has a lot of moving parts. As a matter of fact, there is um, on the pre-order page, which you can go... If you order it from Big Bad Toy Store, it's $500. But there you've got the $4 shipping, and you don't have to pay for it right now. If you back it directly from Super 7, it's $450. But you have to pay for the shipping, which is probably going to be close to $500 anyway. Uh... So it's up to you how you want to back it. I tend to back through Super 7 only because, for the most part, uh, I've gotten things earlier, like it comes direct from Super 7. But I do know that the first series of NJPW wrestling figures, Big Bad Toy Store got them before Super 7, or big not even Big Bad Toy Store, Big Bad Toy Store customers got them before Super 7 got them. So... Uh, yeah, but I think that's because of all of the weird stuff going on with shipping in the world right now. I don't think that's going to be the standard going forward. At least, I hope not, because all of my pre-orders, as I mentioned, are directly from Super 7. Uh, so anyway, uh, 
going through the pictures on Super 7's website, uh, there are more than what are available from Big Bad or Instagram or wherever. And there's a, I can't remember the term for this, it is a picture of the party wagon almost like it's blowing up. And I think it might be called like a blowout picture. Uh, it's all of the pieces separated in relation to one another. And that's where you can really see all of the different parts that are in this thing. And it really is an amazing looking toy. Uh, I'm curious about the windows though, because I'm just now noticing it doesn't look like there's clear plastic in the window oh yeah there is yeah there is okay and i'm sorry i this literally like just went up so i honestly haven't had time to look at it as closely as i'd like uh okay so the rear windows all actually have clear plastic uh in them which i mean i mean yes of course they should this is a deluxe deluxe toy i say deluxe twice because that's how deluxe it is uh and looking at the back initially it looked like the rear windows were stickers but then there's another angle where it looks like they're actual windows and of course i think some of this is renders some of it is mock-ups oh no wait it's just the glare oh how wild is that okay so there's an image of the back of the van opened up and you can see the engine inside which by the way this includes tools for donatello to work on the van uh so the engine compartment is open and you can see a little bit of the windows on the sides and because of the glare it kind of looks like window stickers like are on the retro party wagon but they're not it's all clear plastic all the way around uh the stickers are all here everything like it it is a super version of the original party wagon the interior is immaculately detailed with equipment and pizza slices and duct tape on the seats and seat belts and uh, a phone it's it's insanity how much detail is in this thing and this is what you wanted this party wagon to look like when you were a kid which is what super sevens ultimates are all about uh there is a gigantic boom box that fits into a slot in the party wagon but is also removable so it can be carried around separately uh, there's a label sheet so you can choose which of the stickers you want to put on the van which you don't uh, there is there are uh, blast effect like damage effects that you can put on uh, skateboard sticker foot stinks cowabunga boot the foot like all, all the the great ninja turtles graffiti style stickers uh, and and dimensionally uh, this is I'm trying to find the dimension picture because it's very there we go uh dimensionally this is from the top of the radar dish to the bottom of the wheels 13.8 inches tall and from the tip of the laser on the front to the rear of the uh spoiler 20.25 inches so grab your measuring tape and figure out exactly how gigantic this thing is very large large vehicle which i think that's another thing i was kind of underestimating when i was talking about the price with christian 
is is the sheer size of it. It is also I, it's not as big as the Thunder Tank, uh, or not as long as the Thunder Tank, uh, but it is still a very large vehicle, loaded with detail and with lots and lots of separate parts. So obviously, I want it right now. There, I, I absolutely cannot go in on it. I've, I'm in for a Sky Striker. I just my Robo Skull payment just went through. Um, I, I, it's it's just not. And, and what else is? Oh, I've got uh, the GI Joe Ultimates. The second wave is uh, uh, there's just too much. There's too much right now. I, I cannot the party wagon. As much as I'd like to have it, I've got the retro one to go with my retro turtles. So this one doesn't seem as essential in the grand scheme of everything that I collect. Now, Christmas is coming, uh, which I would imagine this is Super 7's intent here because this pre-order is live um, Tuesday, November 16th through Tuesday, December 14th. You know what? If I were them, I would have probably done it through like December 31st. I think that would have been a little smarter because people get Christmas money and then they're like, hey, I'm going to get that party wagon, but whatever. Uh, if you have a loved one who loves Ninja Turtles and uh, you've got the disposable income to spend $500 on a party wagon, uh, go ahead and pre-order this thing. It's due in the fourth quarter of 2022. Uh, so that's our big, big news for today. Uh, Black Friday deals are already going up uh, now. Yesterday, I ordered the Fifth Element, uh, 4K release and Snake Eyes G.I. Joe Origins. I just got the regular Blu-ray because apparently some studios are not doing the 4K plus Blu-ray thing anymore. And our projector downstairs is not 4K, nor does it really need to be, to be honest. Uh, so I just got the Blu-ray of Snake Eyes and that was $7.96. Uh, and then the fifth element, I think was $9.99 for the 4K. Lots of deals going up right now. And, and that was why I waited to buy Snake Eyes. Is I was like, you know what? Christmas is right around the corner, and they're going to be doing Black Friday stuff. They're at Target and Walmart are going to have those giant cardboard uh, shelving units full of dirt-cheap movies. So I'm not buying anything right now unless it's like a Shout Factory release because the those things are going to be loaded with cheap-o movies very, very soon. Uh, all right. What, what else have we got to talk about? Uh, we started watching a movie on Shudder called Great White last night, and we got about 10 or 15 minutes in, and I was just wiped because I'd worked four 12-hour shifts in a row, and, and I just I didn't have it in me. We're get, Actually, as soon as I get done doing this, I'm going to go upstairs, we're going to finish watching Great White. It's, it was gorgeous. Uh, the, the way it was shot was absolutely beautiful. Um, so I'm... I'm excited to see the movie but now it's almost like well and now i'm more hooked visually than i am story-wise and the characters are fine uh katrina bowden who you may know from 30 rock and and some other things uh, well she was also okay i might be wrong on this this just popped into my head i believe she was in tucker and dale versus evil i think she's the the young heroine in that movie i think i'm right about that uh but anyway Great White on Shudder. Lots of stuff on Shudder has dropped recently. So if you don't have Shudder, it's worth it if you're a horror fan. There's always something to watch. Uh, you guys, what else have we got going on? Oh, you know what we've got going on? What we've got going on is this week's episode of the Needless Things podcast. I haven't even told you what we're talking about. So I had this great idea a couple of months ago. 
uh, where I would sit down with a guest or guests, and this, because of my time crunch schedule, this episode kind of happened last minute. Uh, so Mr. Bo Brown was was my like, oh man, I got to do this this night. Let's go, uh, and he he was game. So uh, we got together with Pixel Dan's The Toys of Masters of Human and Masters of the Universe book, the big giant book that's absolutely fantastic. Speaking of of holiday gifts. Uh, if you have a loved one that is into He-Man, uh, Pixel Dan's book is a, a great gift. But I've been sitting down with it, and I was like, you know what would be really fun is to play a game of Eternian Roulette, where we take turns just flipping to random pages in the book, and then we'll talk about whatever's on that page. Uh, so that's what we did today. So this is a it's a Masters of the Universe episode, but it's very focused using Pixel Dan's book as a tool. Now, we're not really, like, we pick pieces of information out of the book, but it, as with all needless things, uh, most of the information is just what's coming out of our heads and our memories and, and our love of Masters of the Universe. So, you guys, I believe it is time to just get right down to it. Grab a... Uh, what kind of beverage is appropriate for Masters of the Universe? I think I've wondered this before. Uh, at the time, I was drinking Ace Pump. No, I wasn't. I was having a little bit of bourbon uh, when we recorded this, I think. So take your pick. Ace Pumpkin Cider, if you can still get your hands on it. I still have a few bottles in the refrigerator because I just haven't had time to polish them off yet. Like I said, been working a lot. Been a little busy. Uh, or uh, the bourbons that I recommend, Four Roses, Elijah Craig, or... Uh, Ah, fistful of bourbon is it's a little too sweet for me but i like it so one of those three bourbons uh, grab whatever beverage you like sit back relax and listen to myself and mr bo brown once again talking about masters of the universe with a tour guided somewhat sort of by pixel dan We're here tonight with Mr. Bo Brown. Welcome back to the show, Mr. Bo Brown. Hi, Dave. Thanks for having me. We each have our copies of Pixel Dan's The Toys of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, also featuring She-Ra, Princess of Power, uh, a massive tome dedicated to chronicling the mainline releases from the various Masters of the Universe toy lines. It is a phenomenal book. I have been, this This is what I, Bo, how, how much have you dipped into this? I've actually dipped in quite a lot. Um, I've just sat and read it a couple of times and just sort of like, you know, I was like, oh, let me take a look at, you know, some of the stuff that I might not be as familiar with, like New Adventures stuff or, you know, some of the stuff that came out towards the end of the original vintage line. Um, I know that I looked through, pretty much the entire she-ra section too to just you know familiarize it familiarize myself more with it than just like hey i know all the characters yeah but, you know you know all because there were just lots of different play sets and um the, you know different fashion sets and things like that that i didn't know anything about so it was kind of cool to see um a lot of the more obscure she-ra releases beyond just like knowing the mythology 
that's kind of what I do is uh, I make my breakfast and I sit down with the book and my breakfast. And as I eat my breakfast, I flip through however many pages of the book that I make it through while I'm eating. And so like, okay, like, so what's like a good six toy breakfast? Um, I, I tend towards egg witches. That doesn't seem like that many toys there. Uh, well, if I'm, I'm a, uh, when I am eating and reading or eating and doing something, I'm a pretty slow eater. Like if like, I, if I'm eating an egg, witch and chewing gum at the same time, not at all like that, but, <laughs> but okay. Uh, when I'm not on the clock. Mm-hmm. I, I take my time and enjoy my food and enjoy whatever it is that's going along with my food. Nice. Uh, but, but this book is so large that I have a little box. Uh, it's, it's something out of the missus's coffee caddy. It's, it's, I think it's for cleaning, like what's inside of it is for cleaning the coffee maker, but it's this box that's the perfect shape to prop the front open because I can't, I've got my food in front of me, so the book is not in front of me. Yeah, because you don't want to lean side. over the book and get, you know, get food all over the book. Over. It's a it's a pricey, it's a wonderful book, but it's a pricey yeah. book. Yeah, uh, it's seven hundred and fifty one so, pages. Of, yeah, of it's, I mean it's massive, yeah. both in length and in dimensions and girth. Uh, so if in order to see the far page, it has to be propped up on this box for me to see it. That's how large this book is, but I've been making my way through it over the past few months here and just having a blast. As you said, looking, seeing things that I maybe didn't look at before. Like I never collected any of the 2000 X vehicles. I wasn't overly familiar with the new adventures line. I had a couple, I had a couple of the figures when they first came out, uh, but the vehicles were like, wow, these suck. Uh, Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and then the Princess of Power, like you said, I didn't know anything about the fashion sets, and those are yeah. awesome. Agreed. So, having sat and enjoyed this book and gone through it, I thought, you know what would be really fun? If I sat down with Mr. Bo Brown, and we played a game of Attorney and Roulette. Ooh! <laughs> where we will just sort of grab the book, without looking, pick a page, and open the book up, and whatever we'll we'll go back and forth, we'll take turns, and whatever comes up, we'll discuss that thing, regardless of how much we know about it, regardless of whether or not we've made it that far in our reading. We'll discuss if we have memories of it, what we think of it, and just go through and, and you know spend about an hour-ish with this incredible book that that the wonderful Pixel Dan put together. But before we do I, all I, that, I let's do it. Let's spin in, the wheel. In the event that we have some listeners that are maybe new, that maybe haven't met us before, I think we should lay a little groundwork with our Masters of the Universe background. Uh, for myself, I was I was a G.I. Joe kid. I went World's Greatest uh, Superheroes, Star Wars, G.I. Joe, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like Those were my big progressions with a few figures from other lines here and there. Uh, my recollection up until, I guess, last year was that I just didn't have, I had like Merman and that was it when I was a kid. But as I've been collecting the origins line 
and getting these figures in my hands and their the awakening tactile memory, memories right i know for a fact i had triclops manny faces skeletor uh which the book actually clued me in that i had skeletor because mm. i had the one with the purple just on the fronts of his feet mm, right and that's how i thought all skeletors were yeah uh, but just a few Masters of the Universe figures. I had no playsets, no vehicles, no nothing. But I loved the cartoon, watched the cartoon religiously. Uh, and like I said, got a couple of the New Adventures figures because the the aesthetics appealed to me a bit more. But then once I got them in hand, I was like, these are garbage. Yeah. Uh, and then with 2000X, that's that's actually when I became, I guess, a grown Masters of the Universe fan because I loved the cartoon. I collected the line as best I could, as best anybody could, as difficult yeah. as that line was to collect. Uh, and then another thing that this book reminded me of that I'd completely forgotten about is I bought a bunch of the anniversary reissue figures that came out, I think it was 2000 maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a bunch of those and I sold them all on eBay like a dum-dum. Because I kept them all mint in box because the boxes were so beautiful. Oh, really? So what are they going for point, now? Huh? Are they going for a lot now? Oh, I have no idea. I sold I sold those to pay, I think, for 2000X figures. Mm. Like it was within a couple of years because those disappeared from the market. And within yeah. a couple of years of when they were gone from the market, the, the prices on them shot up. I, I feel like the He-Man and Battle Cat set, I got like 150 bucks for. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah for back then, uh, that yeah, was yeah. hard to resist, especially considering I, I, I did not have the job that I have now. It was a different sure. time. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, we all know, well, you and I know my classic story. They they hooked me in with that darn scare glow. Yeah. It was all downhill from there. Yeah. And now, now I have a freaking Snake Mountain, much like yourself. But it's so worth it. Oh, it's totally worth. Oh, yeah. I have no regrets whatsoever, and I yeah, paid no. I paid more than the original price for it, yeah. and still, still no regrets. Yep. Uh, so, uh, what, what about your end of masters? Oh, you, so you're Ryan, definitely. I was, I was a uh, briefly a, a, a Star Wars toy kid, um, very briefly, but by preschool, I was deep in He Man. And was getting, um, my mom worked at Lionel Playworld. I don't know if I ever told you that. Whoa! Yeah, no, mom, what a revelation! Yeah, my mom worked at Lionel Playworld. So, like, I would every now and then I would get, like, mom would bring home a toy or something. Was this the one on Buford Highway? No, this is the one that was up by uh, Gwinnett Place Mall. I don't even remember one being by Gwinnett Place Mall. Yeah. Huh. There was one there. It was, I mean, it may have been there before the mall. Um, but yeah, so my mom worked there, so she would bring some toys home every now and then. I remember, I remember she went away on a trip, which was really unusual. And when she got back, like on an airplane, that was very unusual for my mom back then. And when she got back, she brought me back a whiplash. I have vivid memories of getting the whiplash, like at the airport. Um, I have memories of being in preschool with my little Cobra Con and I was squirting water in my mouth in the hallway of the, uh, <laughs> of the school. Um, I remember going to, you know, parties like other kids, birthday parties. I, 
I had a lot of figures. I never got the castle until later. And even then, my my childhood castle was bought at a flea market. Um, and then never had Snake Mountain, always wanted it. It was like the thing that you when you were at the mall and you threw a coin in the fountain, I wished for Snake Mountain. That was my wish. Um, <laughs> and the battle ram was my i didn't have a lot of vehicles I, I didn't have a lot of the big stuff i just had a lot of figures um and i think there was another kid in my neighborhood that had snake mountain uh there was definitely a kid in my neighborhood who had the battle ram and so that became really like the coolest vehicle because it could the jet sled could come off of it and the jet sled was in you know the cartoon and stuff and i definitely watched the cartoon and then New Adventures happened, and I remember getting some new. I think I got New Adventures He-Man and some other new event. Maybe maybe um, Slushhead. Now Slushhead was kind of a cool figure, but but the He-Man just I was I was offended. I was I was personally offended. <laughs> was it the ponytail or the blue tights? <laughs> well, not just that, but just for the design of the figures, they just didn't look like He-Man figures. They looked like GI Joes, and I didn't collect GI Joes, right? Um, and I, and I, you know, and and for me, like I've said, you know, what drew me to He-Man was definitely the ensemble variety of the characters, which is why I was attracted to uh, He-Man rather than Transformers, because at the end of the day, they're all robots, and they're not, you know. Hope you like robots because that's all we got. Um, and then you know, same with, same with GI Joe it was just like we got army guys. Um, and whereas you know uh, the He-Man figures were so much bigger and bulkier than than the Kenner um, Star Wars figures that I was familiar with, uh, and they just had such bright colors and and were so wacky. And you could have a spider guy and a you know, and, and a skunk guy and a, ro you know, a cowboy and a ninja and, you know, and everything, everything fit. And so that's definitely why I loved it. Size wise, was, size wise masters did seem like a better deal because you were oh, getting yeah. a much bigger figure than the other lines at the time, Yeah, which I was mean, the idea. Yeah, that was totally the idea. And, and, when, and it was, and it was just so much more satisfying to smash them together, smashing two Star Wars figures together. <laughs> right. Know, Right. But you know, you get two He-Man figures together, and and you're talking some action. Um, so that's what really attracted it to me. Attracted me to it, and then I sort of naturally went straight into Turtles when I when I got out of He-Man and was um, disappointed by New Adventures. Turtles was basically waiting right there for me, saying, "Hey, you love that wacky cast of characters that everybody's super different and weird. We got you, buddy. You're, you're home. You're home." And so. Um, I, I probably, I may have ended up having more Ninja Turtles figures vintage than, than He-Man, probably in the long run. Um, yeah, well, I mean, there were, there just were more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and I think that, yeah, there were, there were more and they were more accessible, I think. Um, and I was older at the time and I think I had, you know, I think maybe more money at my disposal to get my own stuff rather than just like hoping. Yeah, that's, would. see, that was the deal with Turtles with me too, is even though. I was older and I, I loved Ninja Turtles, but not as deeply and purely as I loved Star Wars and G.I. Joe, just because I was older. But yeah. I actually had at that point in my life some disposable income. Right. So I had more carte blanche to just buy all the turtles I wanted. 
yeah as opposed to relying to to mom on mom exactly uh so then i pretty much got out of toys for a while and then when the new event or then when 2000x fired up i was all about the show um you know me and my buddy were were watching every episode and i was and i was you know it was probably it was my first real experience adult toy hunting where you know it was like let's get in the car and go to every store in a you know certain mile radius um and this is before you know the internet got to where it was yeah yeah you, you still had to you, hunt you still yeah you still had to actually go and hunt for stuff you, and you didn't you know, pre-order a figure nine months before it came yeah, out yeah exactly um you know and I, I remember when like the snake man wave ended you know showed up at aldi i was there you know sc- scouring the aldi's looking for stuff and um and i i had lots of lots really lots of the 2000x figures i had the castle i had vehicles um i had all sorts of stuff and then pretty much after well then i then we all then then i started to get burnt out on all the the repaints you know then the line took a a dive but with cost cutting and, and just lots of repaints and stuff and um it just wasn't as exciting to collect um because it was like wow more jungle attack you know the pegs are just full of jungle attack he-man and um and you know and then towards the end you know snake armor everybody that's just a different paint job with a big with a bigger accessory um well and what's funny about this book though is looking at some of those figures from that time that were so plentiful and that were clogging the pegs and, and thusly becoming boring and repetitive looking at them just on their own in this book, there's some really cool figures that I didn't buy because there were 50 of them and they just weren't appealing because they were so uh, unavoidable. Yeah. But now I'm like, oh, I kind of wish I had like Wolf Armor, He-Man or whatever. Yeah. Well, you know, part of it was that it, it, that line, because of its hyper detail, it, it painted itself into a corner of not being able to take advantage of one of He-Man's core toy concepts, which is reuse of parts. Right. So all they could do was repaint the same characters. They could repaint the same character, but you couldn't mix and match pieces to make, to make the different characters in hideous colors. Yes. And, and I think that's where origins learned the lesson. They were like, no, we got to do it. What makes He-Man and it's why we have, faker and scareglow and keldor and all these characters so early because they're going we're going to put out the variety of figures that we used to but we're still going to use we're still going to reuse the same parts yeah and 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 basically do it like they did it in the vintage style and they're getting they're getting way more toy out of their out of their molds for origins than they could possibly do with 2000x because you can't build you know speaking of origins this, this is so annoying to me. So I my uh, I, I get almost all of my origins from Big Bad Toy Store. Same. Because it's just easier to do it. Uh, Unless you want them in a hurry. Well, most of the time, though, they've gotten here before I've ever seen them at retail, if I yeah. even see them at retail. But in this instance, I got uh, Snake Goddess, or no, the Goddess, not Snake Goddess, the Goddess and web store and a bunch of other stuff came into my pile of loot. So I was all right, ship it. They shipped it the next day. 
Lords of Power Beast Man. Oh no. And uh Stinkor came yeah. into my pile of loot. Really? Because no. they're not no. they're not in mine yet. Lords of Power Beast Man and Mosquitoor came into my oh. pile of loot. And I was like, okay, I've got a couple other things. And for the listeners, if you're not familiar, Big Bad Toy Store has a system where if you pre-order things, you can assign them to go into your pile of loot and wait for stuff to come in and then ship it all at once for their $4 flat rate shipping, yeah, which is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, it, it really makes up for the upcharge that they do on most of their items. But anyway. I, I agree. I agree. So Mosquito came in and I'm like, okay, so those two are sitting there. Let me give it a couple more weeks because I know I've got other stuff coming in at the end of October. Well, then, because of everything that's going on, stuff gets moved back to November. And I was like, I'll wait. And then I got a notice. Hey, your Jada Toys creature from the Black Lagoon is coming any day now. Okay, I'll wait. And now I've got Stinkor, Mosquitoor, Lords of Power, Beastman sitting there waiting to be shipped. Today, stop by Target on the way home. They have all of these figures except yeah. for Mosquito are on the pegs. And I'm like, well, I can't freaking buy them. Now I got to wait. But I still yeah. haven't shipped my pile of loot because that damn creature is hitting any day now. Yeah. Because usually yeah. when they give you the heads up, your pre-order is getting to arrive. It's within a couple of days. Yeah. I My Mosquito has been sitting in the pile of loot for a while. I'm just waiting for some other things to fill in behind it. And uh, Right, right. Yeah. But that's what happens to me every single time is I'll sit and I'll wait and I'll finally say, okay, you know what? This isn't coming in. Ship it. And every single time, yeah. the day after I ship it, something comes in. It's yeah. infuriating. Well, yeah. So I collected 2000X and really enjoyed it. And then um, there wasn't, let's see, within well, what classic started in what? 2000 and 2008. 2008. Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't the first King Grayskull was 2008, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and then 2009, I may be off on this. Oh, you know what? There's a good way we can find out. That's true. It's right there. In the, if, if only we had, had some sort of, sort of resource, resource about the subject we're currently <laughs> Tell us about. when this could have possibly happened. Speaking of wolf armor, He-Man, there he is. There he is. Uh, all right. So, yeah, uh, Adora came out in 2010. So he does not. Well, let me just get to He-Man. We'll we'll cheat this one time and look for a specific thing just because we need the information. Uh, He-Man, most powerful man in the universe, two thousand eight. So did yeah. Grayskull come out in two thousand seven? Well, looking for King Grayskull. Let's see. Oh right, we're totally ruining our concept here. But... Uh, yeah, it's okay. We'll get to it. ABC, Whatever. The, the people will appreciate it. 2008 was King Grayskull. So he, but I thought yeah, he go. was, okay. he was San Diego Comic Con. Yes, so they got him out in like July, and then turned right around and had He Man ready to go. I guess. Pretty much, yeah. That's and wild. Then... I didn't realize it was that soon. I was thinking he was like the year before. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so there we go. Classics. I have, you know, I have every classics thing that I think I want. Um, I think there's a handful of things I don't have. Like I don't, I don't, I don't think I have the uh, the orange Ram Man. Um, yeah, I didn't get that one. Um, there, there's yeah, a lot. I don't, I don't think I got have. Ultimate Tila. I didn't get Ultimate Tila or Ultimate Ram Man, but I have Ultimate Human and Skeletor, and pretty much, and and there's very little I 
I have every character for sure. Like every individual specific character. Yeah, yeah. Um, the only thing is great. And then here, and then Origins came, and now it's here, and I'm it's I'm in on the Mondos, and the or although I'm I'm cons- I don't know about if I can keep doing the Mondos. Uh, yeah, I got. I have both my Hordax are here. I have my my blue and my black Hordax. Oh, you got here. both? Oh my god! Yeah, gosh. I got both. Um, I know. Uh, I'm, and I'm thinking <laughs> I might I might just sort of have to make a call and and only pick one to open and display and just squirrel the other one away. Yeah, yeah. The thing about these Mondos is you buy two and you resell one and you paid for and you pay two. for both of them. Yeah, yeah. Because they, it's you know, it's, they like, really it's almost it's like a Haslab where if if you've got the funds to to do two of yeah. a Haslab item, yeah, then you'll you'll pay it off. You'll end up spending. Well, money. and I got the Keldor, you know, I got the Keldor because that that Skeletor head that came with the Keldor is so good. Yeah, yeah. Um, that I, I, I mean, I, I hate it, but I bought that Keldor just for that head, and I don't, I don't display the Keldor. I just <laughs> have that head on on my Keldor, um, because they take up so much space, and and I'm still, um working on trying to figure out some new shelving uh solutions in here but and i got the you know i got the giant robot skeletor so i'm in on some of the metal creation stuff that's he-man related that Um, that thing is beautiful we saw it at uh where were we when have we gone to a convention oh it was uh somebody had one down at dragon con that's because that's the only place i've been oh yeah uh it looks you know he's great with the uh with the little mega constructs he-man Oh, nice! Yeah, it's perfect. You just sort of take his his legs off and stick him in the hand. Yeah, yeah. Giant Skeletor's got him. It's, it works oh, that's great. great. I love yeah. it. All right, we should do the thing. We should do the thing. All right. So here's what we're gonna do. Uh, I had a coin on my desk, but I I did not anticipate the amount of space I would need to clear for this book. So I don't know where my coin went, but I have right here uh, a four gigabyte Kingston SD memory card. I'm going to flip this to determine which one of us goes first. You Call, are the worst uh, Batman villain, the worst. I, I'm low yeah. tier Batman villain ever. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm Ted Chip. Uh, to call heads or tails while it's in the air. Call it tails. Tails, it is. All right, all right. So you will go first. Uh, now, just I, I kind of feel like though that since since the book is so sectioned off by by line there's no randomly choosing a page you're either going to be in the front of the book the middle or the back i mean i think i think what you can do is is just pull it up take your fingers and kind of let pages flip and then just wherever you feel like stopping just stop and open it up okay i think that's i think that's fine do you have a computer or or another pardon me do you have another device near you that you could put a random number number generator on and be like Google random number generator zero through 751. I mean, I guess if you want to do it that way, that doesn't well, seem as organic like, to me. I, you're right, but I feel like it's more. You, okay. Okay. No way not to have the bias of knowing where you are in the book generally. Yeah. And you're, you're not wrong. Okay. So what, how many pages is this? 751. 751? Yeah. 751 pages. Holy shit. I know. Okay. Minimum. Well, we don't want to start with page one. Um, so we'll do what is, what's the last page with content the last page with content or with a figure on it um well yeah that's what i meant is gonna be 
747. Okay, so we've got page 20 to 747. Uh, now, this is this is how you do it. How's this how you do it? This is how what? you do it. What? Now there's no... no. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what, yeah you're right. You're right. You're right. All right. So are you ready to generate your number? Please, generate my number. Generating now. Beep, boop, 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 boop. 127. 127. All this right. is also easier because we both kind of get it at the same time. And if it's a page that doesn't have... Oh, oh what a way yeah. to start. That is a fantastic start. What a start. All right. What a start. Us, Thunderpunch He-Man. Fantastic. Easily one of my favorite of the variants. Um, and, and in fact, easily my favorite vintage variant. Um, I had Thunder Punch He-Man. I had the caps. I had the. I, I think I still have my Thunder Punch He-Man. Well, explain explain the technology of Thunder Punch He-Man uh, to the listeners. You know, they just don't make toys like this anymore. They don't make the toys with small explosions, <laughs> so don't contain small explosions anymore. Um, so uh, Thunder Punch He-Man was a brilliant toy gimmick where they Mattel obviously was making cap guns. Um, and so they reused some of their cap gun technology inside he inside this He-Man here. He had a, a, a backpack that could load an orange backpack. And, and my favorite color was orange. This was the orange He-Man. Oh, nice. I had when I was a kid. Um, so you put the little circular cap thing into his backpack, uh, which had metal, you know, it had metal parts. This was a, yeah. this was a, an action figure with metal parts, which definitely doesn't happen anymore. Um, and you could crank his, his waist back and then let him go. And his, if his, he also came with an enclosed fist. He had an open hand fist that he could use for accessories. And then he had just a, just a punching fist and you could pull him back and let him go. And it would activate the cap and it would go pop uh, when he hit people. And it was so great because it was, uh, you know, toys and fireworks together, you know, peanut butter and chocolate. Well, um, and he's... I love Thunder Punch. That's a perfect 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 character his his little headline there is leader of the heroic warriors now packs a loud power punch um it was i mean it's just a fantastic example of you know a, a great toy gimmick and um it looks like they said that you could they did release separate thunder punch ammo like you could yes. buy just the ammo, and I remember I that. On, I bet those are impossible to find. I bet Man, you're right. On card. You know what? I'm going to look it up right now and yeah. see. I've never, I've never even seen that before. If um, I can find some, uh, came out in 1985. Yep. Uh, Thunder Punch uh, yeah, refill, maybe. No, it was called uh, Thunder Punch Ammo. $151.95. Buy it now. That what, is the, what, is that that's, the one? That's the only listing I see on eBay right now. Yeah. What shape is that one in? Uh it's it's all bent up. It is not. Wow. Let me so let me click on it. For, that's great. Uh, well, oh, oh, it's got a bad it's huge. It's uh so it is not it's 27 replacement cap rings 
Nice. Uh, it's got some really nice, the art, it's got actual art of how it works rather than just cool. pictures of the figure. Um, I, is it but the I remember art, I've, is it the same I've, art that's in the book on the back of the card on the figure. Yes, it is. Okay. Yes. Uh, it looks really nice. The, the the one that is up here is not in good shape. It's been literally like folded in half, but it's it's a nice looking piece. Uh, if, if you, that, I never even knew that they did that until I read that entry right there. Oh, That's really? True. I I no, specifically I, the, I specifically I remember the these being in the stores. I remember these. Uh, wow, that's what awesome start! What a great start! And I I would say, I think Thunder Punch He Man is probably after Battle Armor He Man. He's probably yeah, the variation. Battle Armor is one of the first. They were the first people variants. would would name and remember. I would think. Uh, I I mean I remember this guy. I remember the commercial for this guy. Uh, he was definitely his sculpt, his particularly his upper body and arms look much more simplistic. Uh, they're they're more rounded and basic looking. He's, he's bulkier. He is he is bigger than the regular human too. I, I remember when I was a kid thinking he looked like kind of crappier. Oh, but caps in 1985 yeah caps were a big deal yeah caps for king all right well i think that was a very successful first round yes awesome start now let's find out uh my first pick dave computer 2000 please the the, the dave otron 2000 190 190 and if we end up on a page that's like text or whatever, oh, yeah. we'll we'll move on. Oh no! Truly, oh no. one of one of my now now. To be fair, I'm speaking of the classics line, which we're not talking about right now. We're talking about the original, first released in 1987 from the Princess of Power line. Yeah, Netassa, the captivating beauty, uh, member of the Great Rebellion. And I will say this. I was not a fan of the classics figure. I think this figure looks fantastic because she has an actual net. I love her silver wings. Her headgear looks cool. Uh, I really like the original Netasa figure a lot. Yeah, she. So I don't know a whole lot about Netasa other than the fact that um, she's one of the hardest to get uh, Princess Power figures. Uh, because she was towards the end of the line and wasn't produced that she didn't have a very big product run or production run. Um, so she is like the Holy grail for a lot of shear collectors. Um, but other than that, I didn't, I don't really know how about her. I, I never noticed the way her net worked that it, it, does it have like a little drawstring on the bottom of the yeah, back? It looks oh, like, neat. it looks like it's actually like a big circle. Yeah. Like a tube. And it, yeah, and it that, sort of just that cinched up at the top and then open at the bottom. That's right. Cool. I didn't actually right. know that. Which is much better than the plastic net yeah. that came with the classics figure. Uh, th- this is fantastic. And it's representation in the line. We, we have yeah. a black character uh, in a predominantly white line, which is awesome to see. I mean, the 80s, say what you will about the 80s, but in general the toy makers were trying to be conscious of such things. Uh, well, and the cartoon makers. 
Yeah. Because to go back to G.I. Joe, G.I. Joe had tons of representation. And, and again, that's, you know, here, here we see it with. Well, admittedly, in G.I. In, in Joe's case, they, you know, they, they had to make them all people. <laughs> that's true that's true they needed you couldn't get away like, with like, oh he's a skunk by, by its nature know, right matter. by its nature uh the diversity was necessary yeah. uh but yeah i i really really dig this figure and i wish that the classics figure had been a little more true to this one i think it would have made for a much more interesting figure yeah i definitely think that the sort of um her head piece there the scallopy kind of wing what look like wings on her vintage figure do not look good on the classics figure that they're these weird kind of we're, we're going to do oh. some more cheating i'm going to turn ahead to the classics natasa oh, okay. we're, we're going to get really wild here tonight bo well, we're, we're going to get out of control but I, I do want to do a direct comparison and I don't want to leave it to the random number generator to bring us to her. Good Lord. Uh, page 553. There we go. Yeah. Woof. What, what, a I don't, yeah. What, the, I mean, how, how is, are those things on the side of her head an improvement, you know? And like, she doesn't even have the headdress, the sort of cowl thing. It's just those big weird scallopy dudes on the side of her head, on the side of her hair. And her hair's really not quite the right shade of blue. The, the this was as much as I love classics and as much as I love Toy Guru Guru, uh the, this classics figure was a miss. Yeah. You know, and they changed like all the silver, like the the skirt and those wingy things are are silver on the vintage. Yeah. And they're just kind of this powder blue that Meh. Well, yeah. I think here's here's one of the things that I feel like classics sort of flubbed, and and to be fair to them, at the time, they they had to figure these things out because they were doing something entirely new. Most of the Princess of Power designs were based on the animation and not on the vintage toys. Yeah, and so as I have gone, as I went true. through this book and looked at the vintage Princess of Power toys. I feel like those designs are much better, but I understand where they felt like people would be more familiar with the filmation. The version. Yeah. I, like it's, it's, they had tough decisions to make and I get it. But in this case, they definitely should have leaned more towards this vintage figure. Agreed. All right. I think that's enough about Natasha. Is it, are you ready for your next pull? Uh, I am. Pull me. Dave Tron. Burp, 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 burp. 30 30 all right this uh the the dave tron 2000 is a big fan of the vintage stuff all right clamp champ <laughs> speaking of our diversity characters yeah absolutely page 30 clamp champ heroic master of capture released in 1987 heroic warrior uh i'm actually about to get a vintage clamp champ with working clamp really yeah i uh i hooked up with a guy on facebook marketplace and some in some he-man group and he had a couple of he was like yeah i've got a couple of figures i'm looking to sell and i'm like what do you got and uh went out on them went out on a couple i don't actually remember what all i got then he kind of forgot about me and so today it was either today or yesterday i was like hey man what's what's going on you got a tracking number for me or whatever and he's like no man i'm so sorry you got away from me i'll get it in the mail today and i'll throw uh i'll throw some extra figures in there for you 
Oh, nice. So there's a surprise box coming with <laughs> at least a clamp champ with a working clamp and a couple of other things I don't remember. Um, so I'm excited to get uh, my hands on a really nice vintage clamp champ. Um, I will say that the the classics or the, the origins clamp champ is pretty fantastic. I don't yes. think I had vintage clamp champ. I don't... I don't remember having him, um, you know, and I think clamp champ kind of suffers from a little bit of redhead stepchild syndrome due to the fact that like, they're like, well, what do we give the black guy? Okay. We're going to put a black guy, you know, in, so what's his stick? What's his he-man stick? And they're like, he's the champion of clamping. He, he's got a clamp, you know? So, so I kind of feel almost like maybe the clamp came first and they were waiting right? like for they, the right like, character to give it to. Yeah, well, because a lot of things are like that, you know, like they would develop a gimmick and be like, all right, now how do we work this gimmick into a toy? Right, um, right. And so they were like, well, we need to have more diversity, you know, and it's, you know, and so instead of being like, I mean, probably for the best that they, you know, didn't be like, oh, yeah, well, we'll make the we'll make the Asian guy a ninja because, you know, right. You know, that could have gone very poorly with the African character, like yeah. the character of African yeah. descent, if they had done something like that. Um, so, you know, having, uh, having clamp champ be clamp champ, like he's just guy, dude's got a b- b- bitch and clamp, you know, it's all about primary colors and clamping. That's right. Um, and you know, I mean, the clamp works cause it was a action figure sized accessory that, that could grab, you know, another figure, which I think is what, you know, was really where Origins dropped the ball with Clamp Champ's clamp. It's like the old one could literally grab onto a figure and pick it up, and the new one can't. Hold, doesn't have it. Doesn't it? Doesn't actually lock when it clamps. There, there are probably like laws about how much a toy oh, can yeah. grasp things. That's true. That wouldn't surprise yeah. me a bit. Yeah. So I've got my my Origins clamp here, and it's got. I mean, it's got some snap to it. But, I but like I can't it. pick up a figure at all. Uh, I, mean, I don't. That's uh, it's okay. Well, that was the that was the point of the gimmick was you could grab a guy with a little clamp. He's not called. He's not called pickup champ, Bo. He's called clamp champ. Well, it's it, if, he it, can if the clamp, clamp doesn't clamp, then it's not a clamp. He it clamps. It's a clamp. It's a there clamper. Like there is there is clamping action. I, I don't think. I, th- I, I think, think they you're snap changing. Out. They snap out. You're changing the definition of of clamp. The point, when you use clamps, the tools, the point is is they hold things together. I bet, I bet if you took an Origins figure and you put its arms up and you clamped that around the waist, I bet you could pick it up. Look at that. Look at that. I didn't say wiggle him. I said pick it. Why is Clamp Champ wiggling people? He's not the, he's not, he's he's not, he's not Norman Smiley. He slams him around. He's not Norman Smiley. He's not the wiggle champ. the play of the toy. The play factor is being able to grab him and whip him around and be like, ha ha, I've got you now. He's not, he's not for abuse. He's for restraint. Oh, Okay. That's that's how Clamp Champ likes it. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's exactly how he likes it. Clamp Champ and the 
you know, <laughs> masters, you know, masters of the universe. Uh, I like the reuse uh, of the armor. The the blue and the silver distinguishes it from Jitsu and Fisto. Um, yep. So you're looking at effectively just a head, you know. And yeah, the head is the, the only new thing, but it looks good. I mean, it's a distinctive head. It's very different. Even I mean, just skull. It's not. They didn't just give He-Man dark skin. Like it's a new right. sculpt yeah, he, that he looks like a black features, character. Yeah. Uh, did a nice job with that. Uh, he's an appealing looking figure. I like him. No, his colors are great. I mean, he looks he looks great. Like um, the blue and the skin tone. I mean, it's he's a very attractive looking figure, um, and he's kind of got a little bit of that um, almost like Apollo Creed red, white, and blue action yeah. going on in a way too. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, and I notice on his card uh, because in in this book uh, they they have the the mint on card picture the card back the figure the accessories everything is in here uh on his card it says new with a little burst behind it and i'm wondering if that was unique to the 1987 figures because he was he was part of the last wave right um yeah if it was 87 well i think 87 was let's see well maybe not he might he might have been early 87 because Typically, when they're well, no, because he's on there with Ninjor, and Ninjor was definitely one of the last waves, right? Or was yeah. Well, the last wave was like Horde Trooper, Scareglow. Oh, that's eighty six. Um, was in the last wave. I know that for a fact. And Gwildor. Oh, hey, let's look at the cross cell on the back of the picture. That's yeah, so that would have been yeah. Flying our... Fist, Team Man, Randor, Sorceress. Yeah. Um. Rio Blast, Extendar, Terraclaws, Skeletor, Scareglow, Faker. I think some of these are just randomly on here. Um, but anyway, he's 87, so he was towards the end of the line. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it's looking like. Um, but yeah, yeah great. Uh, yeah, the Snake Men were 87. So yeah. that was really towards the end there. The Sorceress is 87. Wait, I mean, 87 was definitely the last year yeah. of, of the Masters line. Yeah. Great figure, cool feature, uh, fun playability. Uh, I, I dig him. And, and good reuse of parts. Well done reuse of parts. Yes. All right, let's see what we got next. Uh, hey, random number gen- generator, can you give us something a little higher? I'm sorry, Dave. I cannot. <laughs> oh, it did. Bo, we are now turning to page 541. Ooh. Ooh. Woo! Deep into the book. Mech and neck. Oh, boy. It's Plastic mech and neck. The heroic human periscope. Uh, okay, but you know what? This is the classics mech and neck. So yeah. uh, I came out in 2012. Member of the heroic warriors, obviously. And what's exciting about this Mechanek is he comes with two neck extension pieces um, that, you know, it is ostensibly are intended to be two different lengths of neck, but you can combine them you to can. create one giant mega neck. The Uber neck. Yes. Uh, I, you know, I've got him. He's maybe not the most exciting figure of all time, but he's a great update update of Mechanek 
without having the actual functioning gimmick. Now, how do you feel about their determination that classics would not have gimmicks? Um, I feel... Especially, well, wait, especially in light of the Origins line, which is a mass market retail line, now featuring figures with gimmicks. I would say that by not having gimmicks, it enabled them to reuse more molds than they would have otherwise. For sure. Um, and that it really boiled everything down to just plastic. You know, that there weren't right. any springs or gizmos or, or whatever. Um, and I think that's what made it able to reuse the amount of parts that it did. And if they had, you know, now obviously I think that there are some pretty colossal failures um, when it comes to classic interpretations of uh, vintage action features. Rio Blast comes to mind um, because he basically fucking sucks. Uh, <laughs> Damn. Of, I, I, I'm sorry, but it just, he doesn't look good. Like everything, it doesn't look like that stuff's coming out from inside of him at all. It all just is sort of clipped on there. And I don't know. Um, and I, his, I agree. It could have been concealed better. Yeah. His torso thing is just way too bulky. Um, yeah. So that was, that was unfortunate. So, so that meant that a lot of the people who had built in armor that contained, um, you know, mechanisms previously, now you've got this soft, you know, this, this, all the armor that went on that contained any sort of action feature ended up being so much bulkier than, than it, than it right. needed to be. And oftentimes just didn't look good because it was, everything was just so chunky. Um, to get that the detail on the 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 armor. So it's interesting to note uh, that because he came out in 2012, Me Mechanek was technically part of the 30th anniversary uh, portion of the classics figures. While he wasn't specifically one of the 30th anniversary figures, he does have the logo on the back of his packaging. Uh, no, I'm very fond of the, I'm very fond of this version because he's great on the back of the shelf because he can just peek yes. up over everybody, you know, and that's yeah. that's great for display. And um, if if they had uh, if they had given him a mechanism, his neck would not be as long. Precisely. And I think what makes this version appealing in any way is the fact that he actually does have this ridiculously long neck. What I would like to see in a classics version, or in a, in a sorry, in a in an origins version that we won't see, I think we'll see a very traditional vintage style mechanic with the with the waist turn. But I think that there's opportunity there to combine these two ideas, where if maybe mechanics head screwed off of that neck embedded, the extendable neck that's embedded in the chest, and you still had this extra piece that the came extra with piece. It, that could you take I don't off think it has head. to screw off. I think you could still use a ball joint on that. I think it'd be well, fine. but then what's gonna keep it from I mean it needs to it needs to fit I think straight on I think that. I think yeah. it would work I think it would yeah. work just the same as the classics one. It'd be fine because this is a ball joint, it pops on. 
Well, the difference, well, the thing about the, the classics one, though, is it has that neck bit. And so when you put the two pieces together, there's that blue band in between. I would like to see that second piece attach seamlessly to mm. the embedded neck piece so that you don't see the break, that you work it into the... the right, the, right. The, I see what you're you know saying. What I mean? Yeah. So that, it, so that you don't necessarily see the break. Um, yeah. I think that would be great so that you could then still get that super long, cool, oh, mecha neck actually has a really cool long neck. It's not just, hey, I can peek over the top of your head i can actually <laughs> peek over the, you know, look over the battlefield um yeah and if they're gonna have to design a new neck and a head for this one anyway for origins then go ahead and make it that screw on piece why not how, what are your thoughts on the reflective stickers for the eyes uh it's it's if they're gonna do them in origins it's a must they have yeah. to yeah uh it, th this one is definitely lacking for just being a silver paint job. Uh, I definitely got to have that reflective uh, cool. on the goggles. All right. Well, I think that's about all we can say about classics. Mechanic. Are you ready for your next pick? I am ready. Dave Tron. Four twenty four. Four twenty four. That is. Chief Carnivus, heroic oh, theater warrior. Nice. So Chief Carnivus is um, one of the 2000X characters that came from the cartoon show and is the leader of the cat people who were the, what were they called? The... Uh, Cadians? Something, yes. Q-A-D-I-A-N-S. Cadians. Cadians. Um so Chief, Car so Chief Carnivus fills out what I call um, the Council of Eternia characters. Yes. That basically, well, so like on my shelf, they hang out over there with Randor and you've got Stratos, um, Lord Dactus, um, the Calabar guy. Uh, and, and, you know, basically the, the rulers of all the disparate races of, of Eternia. Right. Um, and in my, in my, he-man movie script in my head it's carnivus's cat people that are um uh that skeletor pretty much wages genocide on and that's the first like opening shot of oh crap things are really serious skeletor and his people just like ah. burned an entire nation to the ground you gotta establish um, the stakes yeah and so you'd have like cat people refugees fleeing you know um into eternos you know i think that would be uh, a, a nice group of people to be sympathetic to for the audience to sympathize with the poor cat people and their struggle. <laughs> um, but yeah, Carnivus is cool. And, and I like that um, he has the little nod to the, the attorney, a play set on a shield, um, the big cat head. And then the sword looks really cool. That's a, just a great design sword for, you know, anybody, any other character um, comes with a cool cape. Um, I really like the way his armor I really like the way his armor is on his body where it wasn't like a big rubber shirt. Like yes. so many of the other it, it looks like a breastplate. Like it it's works. it looks and good. It doesn't hinder his ab crunch. Like yeah. to me, that's how a lot of the armor should have been done. Um well, but a lot I, of the characters like you really couldn't have done like a belly shirt type thing like that. Like for him, it works because he's a cool cat guy with he's furry cool with furry abs, but yeah. like not everybody can pull that off. No. And he's a good use of parts. You know, he's got heroes, 
uh, shins there, I guess Beastman's feet, Beastman's hands, or maybe Grizzler's hands. Um, yeah, actually, I think those are Grizzler hands. Um, and then that armor, all that armor's all new, the cape's new, and the head's new, and his accessories are new. The loincloth thing is new. You know, he's he's got a lot, got a lot going on him, going for well, him. It was very cool to see something like this, this because this was only a couple of years into the line. And the fact that they were throwing out, like, because the intent of Masters of Universe Classics, unlike Super 7's Ultimates or, or some of the lines that have been sort of adjacent to this, the intent was to take characters from all of the different versions of Masters of the Universe and prevent them, uh, prevent, present them with the same aesthetic. Yes. So to see a character that had never been made before, that was from the Mike Young Productions cartoon was a good sign of, wow, this line really is serious about including everything. Yeah. And I, I enjoy this fun fact here down at the bottom where the reuse of parts wasn't just retroactive. They could... So, so what they did is they used the upper leg for Grizzlor. Um, so they used this part on Chief Carnivus knowing that they were going to use it for Grizzlor in the future. Right. Which, which is cool. It's not just like, oh, what parts do we have that we've already tooled? Okay, well, we can create characters that, like, the, the, road, the road map was so well thought out that you were able to be like, cool, we'll put Chief Carnivus in here, and um, no one's going to see him coming. And then, boom, we've got our Grizzlor legs for the Grizzlor that we know we are going to do later on. It's pretty smart. I feel like they had a similar situation with Buzz Off and Whiplash. Uh, yeah. With their armor. I can't remember which one was first, but there was a similar kind of thing where they were going to do one of them first. And they were like, let's go ahead and do this guy first because we know it'll create the parts for this other guy. But this one will be a little more exciting to get in early in the line. Or yeah. it might have been one of the horsemen's favorites or something along those lines. I think it's a fascinating way to build the roadmap of like how each new figure feeds into the larger you know, tooling pool. The, the pool, right, right. Um, and so you're, you're, you know, you're, you're charting out the line so far in advance that, you, you know, you can see, okay, well, we've got, if we can get these figures out, that gives us these, you know, and Origins is definitely embracing that. They're going for all of the, the reuse out of the gate. Well, and, and in addition to that, they used that Masters of WWE line for a yeah. lot of their tooling as well. Because yeah. you saw a lot of the parts that showed up in Origins in that WWE line first. Well, because you, I you think, saw some of them in WWE first, too. I think, that's, right? That's what I'm saying, is, is yeah. you saw Beastman's armor. Yes. Or, yes. The, Lords, the Lords of Power Beastman. You saw his armor in WWE before it was in the Origins right. line. Uh, the, so they kind of used that little connection where they had that budget to create figures for WWE because it had the WWE name on it. And then we're able to take those things and use them in origins. Although there are some other, and this is a whole other episode. There's some other pieces that you'd think would have been reused that were not, but that that's a discussion for another day. Uh, I didn't know that the, the sword, the um, sword of Saz um, was intentionally the red, the red gem, the circular red gem on it is a, intentional nod to the thundercat sword oh interesting no i didn't realize that either yeah how nice is that 
And and uh, I actually could put this guy right alongside my Super 7 Ultimates Thundercats, and he would fit right in. He would. He would. All right. All right. You ready for yours? I'm ready. Our, our random number generator is is not its range is not impressive but we'll go ahead and go well let me, let me ask you this should we do 473 which we know is going to be another classics figure or should we roll again don't look without cheating without skipping ahead to 473 without skipping ahead to 473 do we uh, roll again? Roll, roll, roll again. Let's roll again. Roll again. Seven thirty-one. Okay. Although that's Seven. far enough out that that might not. I don't even know if classics is the last thing in this book. It is not. No, no, it sure isn't. Okay, so we're going way ahead. Wow, what the heck is this going to even be? Whoa, this is like way too. Oh, 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 boy. <laughs> okay well this is fine because we need to discuss this uh this is man-at-arms heroic master of weapons now you may be wondering yourself well which man-at-arms is it this is the super seven filmation man-at-arms uh first released in 2019 uh these are basically the updated vintage version so they're the squatty five-ish inch scale figures but instead of the little ropes in their legs they have actual joints uh they're they're the same form built with modern methods i would say but but without but they they have the vintage articulation yes not, yes but not, yeah it's not, not like origins origin. yeah. it's the exact same no elbow joints no knee joints no ankles the same one two three four five six points of articulation of the original vintage line uh but with a, a crisper detail sturdier armor and accessories uh an, an upgrade on what you had when you were a kid well uh, so and I think that the intent, the intent of this line was to, if you were the kid that said, man, my Hordak doesn't look like the Hordak on Shiro. Right. My, right. He, my, my, my man-at-arms figure doesn't look like man-at-arms on the cartoon. That's what this was for. And, and, and this was the line that Super yeah. 7 was doing that I was most tempted by because when I was a kid, that is what I wanted. Yeah. I do say, I will say that the Orco does look pretty great. We're um, not talking about Orko, Mr. Okay, Bo Brown. He's on the, no, he's not. We're talking about this man-at-arms who is a deeper green. Uh, his armor is a little more yellow and a little less... Well, I guess the original man-at-arms is, is pretty yellow as well. It's not the orange that we've seen in some of the palace guards and stuff. Um, but it is basically man-at-arms with a mustache and a filmation-style club and then whatever this ray is that he comes with. That's uh, the, the stasis, stasis ray. ray. It's the stasis ray, Dave. Thank you. Uh, you know, he if, if this is the sort of thing you're into, he's great. Super 7 did more of these than you realize. Uh, and, they're, and they have, they're... they did have the, the waist, the waist, the pullback waists. Do they? I don't even know. Oh, do. yeah, they do. It says it on the back of the card right here. So they, they do, do yeah. still have the uh, the punch action. Uh, I mean, this is 
it's if you find one, this is a solid figure. It's a it's a good man at arms for your collection if you have a vintage style collection. I like this guy. I don't know that there's much more to say about him though. No. Then let's move on to Bo's next randomly generated page number. Give us something low, yeah. random number generator. Oh, thank you. Bo, turn your book to page 81. 81. All right. Oh, we're back into the vintage. Definitely. 81 is nothing. Is an interview with Mark Ellis, page two. <laughs> so do we move do we move ahead a page to get to the uh, next? I will move ahead a page. I'll be happy right. with Modulock, Evil Beast of a Thousand Bodies. All right. Um so vintage Modulock, which I definitely had. I still have some of my old vintage Modulock pieces. Um Modulock was a fantastic toy because he was literally just a box of body body parts. You could, you know, he was just a box. There wasn't a, a, a blister, um, you know, he was literally just a box with a bag of red body parts on the inside. Um, and you could put them together into a bunch of different ways um, and was just super fun. And the fact that you could buy multiple sets of it and then make your module lock bigger and that then they released... Um, uh, What's the other one? Um, Multibot. Multibot. And then they were compatible. You know, it was... It was almost like they were sitting around going... They were sitting around with the parts. (laughs) that they, You know, the reuse parts. And they were like, what if we just made the kids do it themselves? I remember rows and rows of Modulock and Multibot on the shelves at Toys R Us and Lionel Play World. Really? Sitting there. And he always, Modulock, always creeped me out. Like, it, it was a toy that made me uncomfortable. And it's mainly that front head with the big white eyes mm, that yes. looks like kind of the classic alien head. Like, do you remember the little eraser guys? Well, he, he kind of looks like that Universal Monster alien guy, kind of, right? Uh, the Metaluna Mutant? Is that it? Uh, not yeah. really. There's there's another sort of generic, I want to say maybe Invaders from Mars. There There is a particularly, particularly vicious looking alien that this and a number of other no, because Invaders from Mars is... Okay, here's the original one. I want 1953, please. Uh, no, this isn't what I'm thinking of either. But it's it's this... It's, it's a particularly vicious variant of the gray alien that looks like this. Mm. And do you remember the little eraser people you'd get in school? Like, the you'd go to the school store and they'd have little monsters that were erasers. There was like a mud guy and a Sasquatch guy and an alien guy. These might've been, they might've, you're, well, you're only a couple years younger than me. Yeah. I feel like you would. They probably had those there. Uh, But anyway, this, this thing creeped me the heck out. I didn't like it. Uh, I think it's a fantastic toy. Yes. I I think it's an excellent addition to the masters of the universe line, especially when you incorporate multibot. 
And uh, well, if, if you think, great. if you think about the had, had John Carpenter's The Thing come out in 1985? Oh, for sure. Yeah, Thing so, was 82, I think. Yeah. So when you're when you're talking about you know how so many of the members of the Horde are reminiscent of of monsters, of recognizable monsters, you know, Modulok is definitely your thing, right? Yes. Um, because he's all just legs and elbows. You're right. He is the thing. Wow, yep. I never thought of that before. Okay, 1980s monster erasers, vintage space aliens. I thought they had a name, Diener Space Raiders. I don't think that's it. Uh, all right. Well, I can't find anything specific that's exactly what I'm thinking of, but uh, if I do, I'll share it on the Needless Things podcast Instagram page. And everybody can see what I'm talking about. Although I bet right. most, oh my gosh, this one in particular. Hang on, I gotta try and send this to you real quick. This I don't. I oh, don't this have is old. Real... Oh, you don't have a chat ability. Okay. Uh, no, it's I'm just on my phone, so not okay. Really okay. Screwing with it. All right. Well, that's fine. I'll I'll share this on the Needless Things podcast Instagram. Uh, but yeah, Modulock, awesome. The he is. If, if you want to define a compelling toy, then one that you can take apart, put together in so many different ways, this is it. You can give him yeah. one head, two heads, however many arms, legs you want. Uh, just brilliant, brilliant design. Endless playability. Yep. And I like the idea that you can buy two, and then it's not just two. Like, you can do more with two. Yeah, well, you can create two separate. You've got two heads right here. You can create two yep. separate characters, uh, which is yep. what I would have wanted to do if I'd been able to stomach the idea of having this thing in my house, <laughs> which I would not have been able to. Uh, all right. Let's see what's next, what's next for me. 530, probably and back no in the classes. Oh gosh. All right. Ugh. Um, here's all I can really say about Madame Raz is the instant I received my Madame Raz, because at this point in Masters of the Universe Classics, you had to do the all-in thing where you signed up for the entire yeah. year. Uh, if you wanted to be sure, because this was the time of the instant sellouts. You yep. could not count on getting the figures unless you subscribed for the whole year. And at this point, uh, it was worth it to me to do that. The instant Madame Raz arrived, I put her up on eBay. I wanted this out of my house. Not a fan of the character. Not a fan of the figure. Don't care about Broom. Uh, just was not anything I needed to own in any way at all possibly the fastest turnaround uh of anything in the classics this i think this is my least desired figure of the entire masters of the universe classics collection wow those are strong words i th i think so i i can't not even the star sisters because even they had some redeeming qualities uh i actually wanted looky and cowl um i can't think of anybody that was less appealing to me than Madame Rats. Even the even the rabbit. 
<laughs> wow, even Plundar, huh? Even Plundar. Wow. All right. So what are your feelings on She-Ra's witchy pal? Well, I feel like um, she's a great example of that idea of classics bringing everything together. Because Madame Raz didn't have it didn't have an original release so here's a character that was featured in every single episode of the series never got a toy in fact two characters and, and I'm, not, every... I'm not saying they shouldn't have done her that's just my personal feelings about her oh well i mean and my personal feelings i mean i think she's was necessary and then i mean if you want to i mean just from a toy perspective she's a hundred percent new parts yes you know, that's yes. all new tooling. Every single piece of her is brand new. And you know what? If you look at that side view of her down there, she, I think, takes the crown for like the best, the biggest rack of any classics character. <laughs> yes. She's got, she's got, you know, <laughs> she's got it up front, man. She's kind of got a flat, nothing going on in the back there, but <laughs> he's bringing all the attorneys to the yard. This this all figure this figure disturbs me more than Majalok. Wow. Okay. Are you afraid she's going to tickle you with her little toes? I yikes. I don't know what those shoes are for. I don't like it at all. I don't like anything. There is not one aspect of this character design that I find acceptable or appealing in any way. Oh, dearie, my Dave. Oh, stop it. Dazzle, Dave. Horrible. Dazzle. Horrible. And 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 Bo, I know we're all very busy people and we don't all, we don't all have time to listen to the Needless Things podcast. Uh, but we discovered on our most recent Needless commentary what witches actually use their brooms for. Oh, they fly around on, right? In yeah. a sense. <laughs> so well, if, if the listeners want to hear about that, because we're going to try and keep this episode slightly more family fucking friendly, uh, you can you can go back and listen to the last, most recent needless commentary uh, where we we address what was that broom? I couldn't quite make it out. You're you're kind of muffled. <laughs> you're muffled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's it. All right, that's moving true. on. Let's <laughs> move on now. now. Uh, was that my, that was mine, wasn't it? That was yours. All right. Oh my gosh. Come on, random. We're, we're going again. It, it threw me a 508. Oh, come on. 235. 235. That's good. That's right. That feels, in a middle feels, area there. Yeah. Like a range we haven't explored yet. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Oh. Lucky duck. Oh That's baby. Awesome. We pulled a winner. Tell us about it. Oh, yes. Optic. Um, I believe this was a a vintage New Adventures figure that I did have. Um, He's a very sort of... He's an eyeball on top of a suit of armor. He's an... uh, 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 what he reminds me of, what his body reminds me of, is those robots from from Ice Pirates. Yes. It reminds me of that sort of 80s yes. Star Wars, not but not Star Wars. Well, the, it's, of, it's the 80s 
very clearly a guy in a suit pretending to be a robot. Yes, precisely. That's that's exactly what this looks like to me. Um, and I don't know, the gun is kind of lame. I mean, it's a great concept, you know. Um, I think probably a more exciting concept of one of the evil mutants than than some of them. You know, like at least he has like a giant eyeball. He's not just a guy with a whip. You know, like he's um, he's not quacky. Yeah, cool quacky. <laughs> yeah, he actually has a mutant. Like he's a mutant. Like he's literally got a freaking eyeball for a head. That's pretty mutated. Um, I th- I think this figure is absolutely this. I, mm, he might, oof, he might be one of my top ten action figures of all time. Whoa. Oh, okay. Top 10 action figure designs of all time. Okay. Well, I don't know. Cause I feel like he, I feel like you could stick this guy into anything. Like yes. he could be a star Wars character. He could be a, um, a toxic Avengers well, okay. character. He I mean, would, like, he would be a star Wars character in the Marvel comics. Yeah. Uh, that, but that's what I think is so great about him is is he doesn't have the stink of new adventures on him, right? Much yeah, like yeah, yeah. much like you mentioned Slushhead before, I think yeah. Slushhead rises above new adventures as well. Yeah, I would. Well, I would say that you know, for as far as all the evil warriors go, um, you know, he he and Slushhead are the ones that are interesting because all the rest of them are just sort of like guys well some of them have dumb gimmicks but like are actually still really cool designs i like flog as a character but But he's the guy with a whip i mean but but if you look at the figure though the figures are really wacky design like i actually like his figure i like discs of doom skeletor it's fucking bonkers weird yeah like why has he got a box on his head i don't know but it's cool i i I don't know to me to me new adventures just felt like it was all the reasons that i kind of didn't like and and i i i understand that but if you just look at the designs of these figures they're so weird and like i can't the evil mutants are. Oh well, yeah, but, the mutants but are. The, the warriors are just just well, freaking. Well, yeah, but who cares, about, who cares about the warriors? But look at Karate with his bronze underpants and his thigh high boots. Like, yeah, I, I mean, mean, I really love Lizor. Like, yeah, at least he's, yeah, he's a Gorn. He's an armored Gorn. He Whereas, totally is. The, the galactic, the galactic defenders or whatever are. They're boring as shit super boring but the most of the mutants in new adventures i like i would honestly really like to collect them and i'll go so far as to say i'd also like to have the vehicles there are some pretty cool vehicles i think there's some really cool vehicles from this line as well it's just the heroes are all just boring and completely forgettable they they look they look like they look like they're from a line called like captain commander and the star people Exactly. <laughs> they look like sort of shitty Silverhawk G.I. Joe guys. Um, you know, calm down with your G.I. Joe bashing. I don't appreciate it in these what? parts. I'm saying Hydron is such a freaking G.I. Joe. Hydron and Flipshot are 
absolutely G.I. Joe's. They're 90s G.I. Joe's. They're not 80s G.I. Joe's. Missile armor at, flip shot. Look at look at KO. What a piece of shit. Yeah. Although he's he's clearly supposed to be sort of Chuck Norrisy. Like I actually think there was a Chuck Norris karate commando that looked exactly like this. All right, anyway. KO has I, a really interesting look going on on his uniform. No, he doesn't. <laughs> what what are you talking about? He's got a he's got a wife beater and and uh red underpants and red blue underpants tights. on the outside. Yeah, I don't know where um Pixel Dan is coming off here with P- KO. Pixel Dan is being a little generous with some of these. <laughs> um but it, but back to optic, back to page 235. Optic is just fucking killer. Like he is he's the kind of figure that if you're walking around at like a vintage toy convention and you see him just yeah. sitting on a table, you're going to pick him up and be like what is this? I think I want this. Even if you don't collect these at all, like he's just a a really compelling looking figure. I I love this figure, and I'm I'm gonna have to find a vintage optic soon. All right, I'll keep an eye out for you. Um, just because we're here, sure. Look back and forth between uh, flog and hook'em flog, and tell me what you think the <laughs> what what raw deal did life. Life under Skeletor has not treated Flog well. Hang on, I have to skip past Butthead. Okay, Flog and Hooker Flog. Hook Hook up. Hook Hook up. It's on the next page. Uh, You know what? I actually think I prefer Hook Em Flog. Well, his legs don't look as ridiculous as yeah, Flog's legs skinny. Are, are pretty bad. They both bad. have his legs a lot. Well, um, his knee joints are, are horrendous. Yes. Those but Hook'em Flog, like he, first of all, he comes with a grappling hook, which is an instant win for an 80s toy. Fair enough. Uh, his head looks better. I don't quite get his armor around his neck. Keeps you from getting your neck chopped, your head chopped off. Sure, sure. Okay, that's good. That's important. It looks like uh do you remember the movie Wild Wild West? When the evil when when the evil spider professor played by Kenneth Branagh puts the things around uh Will Smith and uh Kevin it puts the things around their necks. It kind of looks like that. I'm curious on the back of his card, his the first flog, he has a name of flog on the back of the card. Right. And on Hook'em Flog, his name is Brack. Whoa. What? What day what is it? Would you please tell me? What day is it? I've got bills, you see. Federal figures were given alternate names for their foreign releases. Hook'em Flog is known as Hook'em Brat. Oh. That so, it. so this is an so, international... Yeah, he can only find a, the box, a foreign card, which, yeah. which is why all the languages are at the top in that burst. Yes. That makes sense. Okay, well, now I know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! All right, let's move on. You want to go on a date? 
All right. <laughs> Random numbers generator. A salad. Wait, who's is it me again? Uh or is it you? you. Oh, I forgot to write down flog. We did optic. So that was me. It's you. Optic was, was you, optic. yes, because I had Madam Raz. Uh I just wrote down flog instead of optic because we got really excited about flog for for some reason. So this is one... real quick on, on optic before we move on. It looks like if you look on the pages between the blue and the green pages for the heroic warriors and the evil mutants, yeah, optics eye is the symbol that they chose to denote the evil mutants. The space it is, and I also noted. Oh, and uh, you can rotate the eye on the figure. There's a there's a uh, dial on his back that spins the eye on the figure. But if you notice the Minton box one, the eye is turned around backwards. Oh, nice. <laughs> All right, all right. Let's let's move on. Uh, so I guess this is my next pick, which is probably going to be another shit box of a character. Uh, okay, five ninety eight. Woof. Oh boy. Oh, lucky you. Oh no, I'll take it. You'll take I'll it. Okay. Take it, Sir right. Laserlot. Uh, invented by Jeff Johns as part of the 30th anniversary that we mentioned before. Now, this was actually part of the special 30th anniversary subwave that was part of Masters of the Universe Classics. Uh, and it was a separate subscription from the main line of 2012. 2012 was a big fucking year because they had... It was the a 30th line. anniversary He-Man year, yeah. Right, it was the 30th anniversary. So they had the mainline release, they had the 30th anniversary subline, uh, and then I think we got more deluxe figures and uh, bigger things that year. I, I feel like this might have been the biggest year of the Classics line. Uh, but Sir Laserlot, uh, to, to celebrate the 30th anniversary, rather than doing deluxe versions of classic characters or re-releasing he-man or doing anything that quite frankly made any kind of fucking sense at all for the 30th anniversary they did some weird shit uh and sir Laserlot is one of the weird shits that they did uh comic book writer and now movie and tv producer and head of dc and whatever else he does jeff johns uh created and designed this character that i feel is one of the more successful of the 30th anniversary figures because well you know what i say that you say that but yeah i mean what's that they based were, on honestly they were all pretty good yeah Drago Man's fucking bad. Drago Man's great. Uh, I have grown to love the Mighty Spector for what he is. Photog is awesome. Well, Photog, uh, I mean, because of I, what he is. That's well. That's where this idea came from. Was was it all came from Photog? Right. You know, it was like okay, so the 30th anniversary, we're gonna we're gonna release Photog, and we're gonna do a callback to the old contest, the Create a Character contest. And instead of having a new contest, we'll release Photog and we'll, we'll let a couple of people 
throw out their own things, which I'm sure, you know, was Scott's idea to be like, yeah, everybody gets to do their own figure. Including, including me. me. <laughs> including me. Um, <laughs> which and, is fine. You know and he earned it, which is totally he fine. He absolutely earned it. Um, and so, you know, he got Jeff. Ch- and, and, and Sir Laserlot, I mean, like, he's he's just real blast. Dude, he, he, looks, he looks straight out of the filmation cartoon. Yeah. You can 100% picture this character showing up initially as an antagonist. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then, and then, like, oh, I didn't realize you were good guys. Now yeah. I can protect my temple from Skeletor. Let's join forces, He-Man. Like, that would totally be this guy's story, which he actually has a story, but I can't read the tiny print here, and I'm it's certainly a, not has, digging my cards has a power out. gem that, makes, that enables him to make light constructs and he's got uh yeah i'm a big sucker for the the second second only to glow in the dark stuff for me it's translucent stuff and he's got a translucent mace oh oh, excuse me a laser mace a laser sword and apparently a laser ponytail that's the uh, feather yeah his, his feathered headdress plume thing coming out of his helmet is uh the same translucent material uh he's a basic design but he perfectly fits into the 80s aesthetic of of masters of the universe i think it's a great figure i i really like it he's striking uh he's he's actually at the front of my shelf he's not even in the back i i like this guy i like the design and he's got optics pelvis yes yes he has optics pelvis all right Spin, spin the Davatron. All right, you don't How have any. Do you want to do no, no further thoughts about Sir Laser Lot. I mean, I, I think that he fits squarely in that, um, Rio Blast Ninja, um, kitchen sink mentality. You know, and 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 you know, and even you know, a, a knight type character in a sword and sorcery. You know, there's castles. Yeah, in like yeah. this doesn't. You know, I, I can't see any grounds for saying. He doesn't belong here. He he uh, he could either team up with or fight Extendar, and it would work out really well. I think I agree with what you say. Like it, the plot would be that Skeletor wants some sort of artifact that Sir Laserlot has been quested to guard and defend. Yes. So he so he manipulates He Man and the heroic warriors into going in first, right, to right. defeat the guy, and that he's you know, and Laserlot's of course doing his duty to protect it, um, and then. He- the battle ensues. Skeletor sneaks in during the battle and steals the thing, and then they have to team up to be. I mean, you know, it writes itself. He would be kind of like the Grail Knight in Last Crusade. Absolutely, yeah, that's perfect. All right, let's move on. Let's see what we got. Come on, generator, give us give us a low number again. That's not a low number. It gave us six eleven. Let's take a sneaky peek at six eleven and then see if we want to try again. Uh, I'm sneaking a peek at Snake Man at Arms. Oh, let's fucking do it again because I am not a fan of Snake Man at Arms, and really, that's all we need to say about him. Uh, he does you're, with, you're, with you're the, on the with same circle of Serpos, which is cool because it gave King Hiss. I mean, I am I have had that item, that accessory has been on my King Hiss since I got it. it he is always holding it because the snake staff suck, and they never gave us the amulet of Serpos, so that was the only real unique snake men accessory that yeah. they even made yeah uh and and it you know it was heavily you know it heavily was featured heavily on the show 
Um, I mean, it's a the the it's a great man. If you take the Snake Man head off, this was your this really, was your two thousand really X Man at Arms. Two thousand X Man at Arms. Yeah, which is um, what I did. Um, yeah. So I guess yeah okay I'm I'm glad they did this because I used this body, but exactly. I just dislike the Snake Man at Arms concept so much. I agree. I don't I don't care for it. Um, yeah, I I don't think it's the way that Duncan should have gone out. Um, I mean, I like the idea that, like, you know, that there would have been a passing of the torch to a, to a new man at arms, and you know whether that was Clamp Champ or or whatever. Um, but it was really just a sort of writing decision to be like, hey, we need to sell Snake Men vehicles, but they don't have anybody who makes vehicles, so we'll. I mean, it just seemed like such a weird plot twist. Well, the, it was we, we talked selling toys that they didn't even make. We we talked earlier about raising the stakes or showing the stakes, and this was yeah. this was a way of showing the stakes and and really nothing more. Agreed. All right. Well, let's pretend that didn't happen, or I guess it did happen. Whatever. So that was your that was yours, right? Yes. So Snake Man in Arms. Next up, and we, we'll just do a couple more and then we'll wrap this thing up. Because okay. honestly, we could do this episode again in a few months. We could do it every so month much. for like five years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. All right. Dave Tron. 152. Going back to the beginning. Uh oh. Uh oh. Okay. I'm just going to draw again. We're going to yeah. draw again. 232. Oh, geez. <laughs> Maybe it's time to wind this thing down. Um, you know, you. What are those Star Trek aliens? The Gorn? That's what I said earlier when we yeah. were going through all these guys. It looks like. Okay. So what? Okay. We're going to take 232. Um, let me, I got to make a note here. I've been writing all of these down. Uh, so this is Lizor from New Adventures, which we've already covered twice as many New Adventures characters as I cared to cover. Uh, came out in 1990, member of the Space Mutants, and it is essentially the Gorn from Star Trek, the famous lizard person that Captain Kirk uh, fist fought in front of those rocks that are so famous uh right down to the fact that it has the like one shoulder singlet on like even what it's wearing is the gorn yeah. uh, but but honestly pretty cool figure i like the helmet with the one horn on the side uh, the gun is lame in the same way that all yeah. New Adventures guns are lame. Yeah, he's got this really bizarre backpack that looks like a a pipe organ hand. It's a climate control backpack. It keeps him cool. Oh, see, so or that no, actually makes sense. Oh, yeah, it keeps him warm. That makes sense. Uh, I, I, this is another one. If I'm at a retro toy convention and I see this guy on a table. I'm going to be like, oh, this is kind of cool. Is he like, yeah. if, I, if he's under 10 bucks, I'm buying it. Yeah. 
Um, I would certainly take a Lizor over the hot steaming pile of please don't. That is on the next no, day. no, no. We're not even going to talk about missile armor flip shot. Thanks. I would rather not. Good lord. Christ. You want to talk about the hideous repaints of 2000X? This is even worse. It looks like a like a two up. Like it looks like or it looks like a prototype where they just sort of molded the shit out of whatever plastic color they had laying around. So see, this is where my original uh, method of randomly choosing would come in handy because we know we haven't talked about any 2000X. All right, fine. Let's go to the 2000X section and spin the pages. Or is it? Or you can random number generate between. Was Liz? Oh yeah, let's do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Two seventy-seven and uh, two seventy-seven and three eighty. All right. People, 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 people. Three sixty-three. Three sixty-three. Oh, oh! Now, see, I wanted that. Th this was not the vehicle I wanted necessarily, but I did want to land on a 2000X vehicle because I completely ignored the vehicles because I just didn't have the space for them. I lived in an apartment at the time, and I was collecting the figures and just had nowhere to put vehicles like this. Yeah. Uh, so we are looking at on page 363. The Spitbull uh, came out in 2003, vehicle of the heroic warriors. Uh, this was the Snake Men era. And all of the 2000X vehicles are pretty weird. Yeah. Because it seems that they're almost intended to be sort of cyborg characters. Well, that's that's how vintage figures were. I mean, look at Landshark. Look at... I mean... So many uh, yeah. of them yeah. you know, are that. I mean, the Wind Raider is a giant, you know, or the Talon Fighter is a giant bird ship, you know, ship. And but but like, I feel like these even more so look like yes. like this looks like it's intended to be a giant robot dog. Yes. Not a vehicle that looks right, right as dog features. Yeah. And 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 yet the heroic warriors have a little seat on the back to ride it. Yeah, it's just a weird thing, but toy design wise, uh, here's the problem with all of the 2000X vehicles is how awkwardly the guns are attached mm -hmm. for some reason, uh, because this was not the four horsemen. This was the Mattel design team did all of the vehicles. And for some reason, they, they designed the vehicles and with every single one of them, they said, oh, fuck, we have to put guns on this. And yeah, just like just sort of, slapped on, like yeah. if you look at the 2000X Battle Cat, it's horrendous with those big guns just sticking yeah. out of the saddle. Uh, this guy is not as bad because his cannon is mounted on the uh, the controls that the pilot uses. I really like the effect that shoots out of his mouth. I think that's really neat, and I like the overall design of this guy, but. It just doesn't scream He-Man to me. I mean, it screams He-Man as, mu as much as so many of the other animal-inspired vehicles do, or or sort of techno-organic. I mean, you know, like the Rotom's got a big freaking face on it, you know? Um, but... 
I think my yeah, problem. I think my problem is the legs. If this looked more like a tank with that same yeah, face with a dog. on it, yeah, I agree. I would yeah. like it more. But the fact yeah. that it is entirely dog shaped just makes it a little too whimsical to me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Now this this one was featured in the show. Um, was it really? Yeah, it's on the show. So this was one of the handful of where they where Mattel was like, we gotta sell vehicles. We're gonna use the show to sell vehicles, which is part of why they they came up with the Snake Man at Arms concept. Ah, right, right. This is the kind of vehicles you would see in the next season that that Man at Arms is building for the Snake Man. Yeah, this is uh, he's I don't I don't know it's weird. Again, if I was at a toy show and this guy was under 20 bucks, I'd probably pass on him. I don't need to own this. <laughs> I I would probably pick it up just because I have a pretty sizable 2000X collection still that that I would I, I would be okay getting this in there, but I wouldn't pay. Yeah, I wouldn't pay top dollar for it. I've I've got uh I've got a lot of the figures, but I have the only thing I've got is uh, the only mount I've got is Battle Cat. Mm. Uh, and I took his guns off because I do not yeah, like it. All right. You want to do another? Do we want to do another uh, 2002 or do we want to open it back up? Um, whichever. Let's open it back up. So what was it? 20 to 751, I think. Correct. Let's see what we get. 204. Four. Two oh four is back in Princess of Power. Yeah, Popland. Oh, Starburst Shira. So tell us about because this was one of the variants that people really wanted in the classics line, if I'm remembering correctly. Correct. She she's I think basically the equivalent of like Thunder Punch him. I think okay. that she was. I, you know, other than um, Bubble Power Shira, which is the, the one variant we did get in Classics of Shira. Right. Um, I think that people definitely felt like this, that Bubble Power Shira should have been this one instead. Um, but, you know, when you look at how they did a lot of the capes in Classic Shira, Natasha comes to mind, you know, like, how would this have even worked? Um, right, right. Whereas with Bubble Power, she where they were like, oh, we just have to give her this other accessory that doesn't shoot bubbles. Um, you know, so I think that that may have been the choice. Like, how would they have done this in classics? Right, because yeah. they weren't doing soft goods and this cape could not be done effectively in in plastic or vinyl or whatever. Yeah, I mean, the whole point of it was that she she had a sort of mat outside of the cape and then the inside of the cape was, was a, you know, she dazzled and blinded you. Right. That's the starburst. The, yeah. the closest she, classics would have gotten to this would have been to do a mechanism similar to sorceress's wings, I think. Yeah. And that just wouldn't have, have looked good. Uh, but this figure, another great, version of Shira from princess of power i love this cape i would love to see this in origins with soft goods sure they, i mean Shira has soft goods yeah i mean i would say 
Well, but only only the anniversary sh- the the anniversary Sierra has soft goods. No, the the mass oh, market. Right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're yeah. Right. yeah. Um, what would you feel about would it would it have the action feature? Would it have the arms popping up action feature? No, because the arms are articulated with origins in such a way that you could just pose them up. They, I wouldn't need them to flip up like that because then you would lose some of the articulation. Gotcha. But if they wanted to do it as a deluxe figure that way, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Mm. I'm just saying they don't have to. Right. Uh, but she's got she's got a great uh, crown slash mask, whatever that piece is. Yeah, lots of cool like hologram stickers on it. I mean, I bet, I mean, you know, seeing this thing under the light in person and having it in hand, I bet it's just, you know, stunning. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, every, everything looks great about the design. I like her chest piece. Uh, yeah, I, I honestly, I would, I would really like to see this figure done in Origins, even if they do it as one of the Mattel Creations uh, special releases. Mm-hmm. Something along those lines they could do really effectively, I think, but it looks great. She's got the super long hair in the back. Uh, good design, great figure. And and I got to say, I think opening with Thunder Punch He-Man and closing with Starburst Shira is not a bad idea. So to wrap this up, uh, this is not the only book about Masters of the Universe that's out there. Uh, this is the one, obviously, that's easily digestible. And, and if you've got, you know, 10 or 15 minutes at a time to run through some pages. But Dark Horse has also published uh, a more in-depth look at the creation and design of the toys. Uh, there is a collection of the mini comics. And there is a basically encyclopedia of the filmation cartoon. And then there's also, not by Dark Horse, but a separate release, uh, the, oh shoot, his name just fell out of my head. Who's the Filmation guy? James Etock. What was it? Etock? No, um, the guy that started Filmation. Hang on, I'm looking at Lou Scheimer? Yes, Lou Scheimer. Lou Scheimer has a book out uh, about the whole history of filmation, not just Masters of the Universe, but everything. That's fantastic. What do you mean? He's dead. Right, but he's, before he passed, hang on. Oh, really? I didn't know he'd put out a book before he died. It's, oh, whoops. Hang on, I'm getting there. Uh, creating the Filmation Generation, Lou Scheimer. Uh 2012 autobiography which he wrote with andy mangles yeah and it's it is absolutely fantastic uh recommended reading for any child of the 80s or 60s or 70s really i guess uh lots of great resources out there for masters of the universe it just so happens that pixel dan has put out the one that's you will connect with the most intimately through the pictures of the toys and everything else. Well, and I think, and I think that the story of this book is really great too. And if you, and if you read the, the, the afterward in the back, you know, the amount of effort and love and work and time uh, yes. and travel and just travel that, that it took to track physically track down every single piece. Yeah. None and of these are 
none of these are stock pictures. This is right. all original photography done for this volume. From people's personal collections. Right. So they were going into people's houses, going into people's collections, setting, setting up, up his little, little light box. You know, yeah, I mean, and it's just, I mean, talk about a labor of love, you know, um, yeah. and yeah, it's its an incredible, and, impressive feat. And I, I think if there is anybody that loves Masters of the Universe as much as Scott Knight, like, it's Pixel Dan. Sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we've got plenty more of this. I've fortunately made notes about everything that we talked about today. Uh, so if we okay. do a future installment of this, uh, we will know what we've already covered. Uh, for the listeners, if you enjoyed this, please let us know. You can follow Needless Things on Twitter. Join the Needless Things podcast Facebook group. Uh, tell us if you want more content like this. There are all kinds of other resources that we could sit and flip through and talk about. Uh, but for now, Mr. Bo Brown, thank you for returning to the Needless Things podcast. And once My again, pleasure. talking about Masters of the Universe. Can you please... Sign us out. Good journey. Good journey. Next week, right here on the Needless Things podcast, our Black Friday extravaganza, where we will have many guests sitting down to discuss the weirdest, strangest things that they can find that are gift suggestions on the internet. Uh, we are going to have a lot of fun with this one. It's going to be a little wild. It's going to be a little crazy. All of your favorite, well, okay, most of your favorite Needless Things uh, irregulars will be in attendance. We had a couple that, uh, unfortunately, because of scheduling, could not make it. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a good time anyway. And we'll get them back on as soon as we possibly can. You know we will. Uh, again, no needless commentary this month. The scheduling just didn't work out. Uh, but next month, we will be back. And you know how we like to do in December. And I'm just going to leave that hanging so you can think of it what you will. And then in January, today, I ordered January's needless commentary uh, because we've actually known what that's going to be for like a year now. And I, I, I think we might have even said it in this past January's, uh, I guess it wasn't a needless commentary at the time, but whatever, whatever we were doing then, uh, the, the remote conversations about movies, I don't know. Uh, you guys, Thanksgiving is coming. I'm not a huge fan of it, but uh, I will eat a lot of food. I am off that day. That is my one day off next week is thanksgiving so i will enjoy it uh and i hope you enjoy your time whether you're sitting alone eating turkey uh whether you have to see your your uh, family or whatever remember i love you guys you have been listening to a needless things podcast you can follow needless things on facebook twitter instagram and at needlessthingspodcast.com love you mean it uh-huh